Merritt Street, we're building a new morning show where our guiding principle is to always value your time. We'd love for you to join us. Be part of our community. Each morning will be packed full of news, information, advice, and a lot of fun. And we promise we'll never waste your time. I'm Dominique Soxa. I'm Fanchon Stinger. Join us for Morning on Merritt Street. 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 Central. Essential television. Who needs a vacation? I think we could all use one. Did you know that there are 23 Holiday Inn Club vacations resorts across the U.S.? These resorts feature spacious villas with private patios, luxurious linens, upgrades, and not to mention championship golf, sparkling pools, delicious restaurants, and more. It's a total luxury experience. For more information, visit hcv.vacations slash Robin McGraw. (laughs) So hello, Secret Squad. You can tell I'm already laughing. You heard that because this is going to be a great, heartwarming, fun day because... Of course, it's Wednesday, and this is I've Got a Secret. And as you know, the holidays are right around the corner. And if you know me very well at all, you know I love the holiday season. Always have. But I feel that so very often, the true meaning of the season gets lost. The holidays are a wonderful time to reflect on our blessings and to stop and give back to those less fortunate. The two ladies I have here with me today are truly inspirational. I am blown away by what both of them have accomplished in their communities. You all know Chef Kat Cora. She was the first ever female Iron Chef on Food Network. She owns over 18 restaurants globally and hosts over 500 restaurant pop-ups yearly across the country. All that while being a mom to six boys Talk about a busy woman. Now, I just said six sons, and I'm going to tell you a little bit. I'm kind of jealous of that because I raised two sons, and I absolutely loved it. So I'm sure you are just in heaven, Kat, with those six sons around the house all the time. It is wild and happy. Oh, I love it. I love it. What you may not know about Kat is that she is the president and founder of Chefs for Humanity a nonprofit dedicated to reducing hunger worldwide. President Barack Obama even awarded her with the President's Volunteer Service Award and also the President's Lifetime Achievement Award. Wow, congratulations. <laughs> I'm cheering over here. Yes, <laughs> we're all cheering and happy, so I'm going to let the listeners even have some time for that. I can't wait to hear more about your foundation, Kat. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, pleasure. Also with us is Caitlin Crosby. Caitlin is the founder of The Giving Keys. Such a beautiful, beautiful foundation. A jewelry company with a powerful impact to the community. With every purchase, The Giving Keys supports job creation for individuals transitioning out of homelessness. Caitlin was even named by Oprah as one of her super soul 100 thought leaders of this generation. Wow. Congratulations on that. For Oprah, a woman I so admire and so love to be named one of her top 100. That is beautiful. And congratulations on that. Thank you. 
Such an accomplishment. So thank you for sitting down with me today, Caitlin. Thank you so much for having me. This is, yeah, I'm so excited to be awesome. here. You are so welcome. Can you just feel the energy in the room right yes. now? Let's all this just go and energy. have dinner and become oh, yeah. BFFs. Exactly. I think right so. Here. I think, I think right we here. made some BFFs yeah. today. Yeah. 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 But I have actually, I have like chills on my body just thinking about what we're going to talk about today and what we're going to do. In fact, I want to tell you that the name of this podcast is The Secret to Giving Back. And I have to tell you, I hope I'm not going to keep you too long because I feel like this is something we could talk about for hours and hours and hours. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I want to start with you, Caitlin. First of all, just tell us all about your organization. Yeah. Uh, So the Giving Keys started about 10 years ago. I grew up here in L.A. and my dad Mm -hmm. manages actors and I was around so many people that had so much privilege and it felt so unjust and wrong that in our backyard there were all these people living in dumpsters and cardboard box and tents and um, so I was always obsessed with going up to people that were living on the streets and get, getting their story and so I, I kind of grew up acting and doing music as well and I started this website with Brie Larson, the actress mm. who was just Captain Marvel, um, <laughs> called uh, Love Your Flaws, all about body image issues. And, She's amazing, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we went around and took thousands of pictures of people holding up signs that said things like, my acne is beautiful, my cankles are the new black, oh. uh, my scars <laughs> saved my life, chemo fried oh. hair is beautiful, uh, cellulite is hot, whatever. Yeah. Um, and... So I was really obsessed with this topic of loving uh-huh. your flaws. So um, at my merchandise tables, I have uh, my old album back in the day, 2008, uh, an album oh, that was yeah. called Flaws. And so everything at the merchandise table said, you know, love your flaws, love your flaws. It was also I a way to that. give myself therapy from growing up in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. My whole life. Yeah. <laughs> it's like having flaws is it's the like, new sexy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. I love all um, of that. And anyway, so I was passing through New York on tour and the hotel room key was cool. So I put around my necklace and I was at a locksmith and I said, oh, can you engrave love your flaws on this key? <laughs> and then I saw all these old used keys on the side and said, oh, while you're at it, can you do hope, love, strength, fearless, let go, believe? And uh, so he did, and I started making jewelry out of them with my cuticle clippers and tweezers and started selling them on tour at the merchandise tables, and they started selling out more than my CDs. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, don't take it personal. You are are honestly so creative. Thanks on my show and uh, (laughs) these freaking key necklaces. But I knew people were really (laughs) resonating with the words, so came up with this pass it on, pay it forward concept, get a word that you need in your life, um, if you need to let go, if you need to, you know, fight fear, whatever it is, and then pass it on, though, to somebody, because it's not just about us, right? right. Let's fight narcissism and fight it yes, all about yeah. b- being just all about us and what we need. But kind of it's a jewelry company that trains you to have a homework assignment to keep your eyes open to other people that are hurting and might need that word more than you. So pass it on to them and then tell them to pass it on to somebody else. And the people started writing the stories. Um, so on the website, you can read all the stories of the keys being passed That's all over right. the world. But I knew I wanted the money to go to some sort of charity. And I met this young homeless couple on Hollywood Boulevard. They lived in a dumpster in a cardboard box. And I ended up taking them to dinner. And I wasn't thinking about the giving keys at all. But I just, it was raining and they were probably hungry and they were soaking Mm -hmm. wet. And two hours into dinner, the girl said she liked making jewelry. And I had my aha moment. Um, did Oprah make that famous, by the way, the aha moment I feel like thing? Yeah, she, she did. did. Okay. I feel like she, she did, did do the aha she? moment. I, every yeah. time I say That's that, Oprah. I wonder. Mm-hmm. So it's time to ask out loud. <laughs> yes. um, so, yeah, I had my aha moment. I said, you're the missing link to the Giving Keys. Do you guys want to be my business partners? Really? And they were like, uh, what? Excuse me? <laughs> uh, we live in a dumpster. And I was like, yes, yes, this is this is it. And uh, so went to the locks. So, first of all, yeah. I'm, I'm interrupting. Yes, but yes. can I ask you? Yeah. 
Did you ask them why they had to live in the dumpster? Yes. So they were actually raised homeless on the street. They showed me pictures. Rob showed me a picture of his parents that lived under a bridge in San Diego. And they were, you know, drugs, schizophrenia, all the things. Um, And that's how Rob was raised. And he really never went to school. And um, Sarah had a similar kind of story. And they met living on the streets. And years later, once they got off the streets... Um, and kind of during that beginning process, he took GED tests and got 98, mm. 99 percentile on the test. So it really goes to show how much gold and potential there is on the streets that you would you never really know. They just need them. someone to kind of believe in them and give them an opportunity. And so, yeah, I um, started paying them to engrave the different inspirational words on the keys. And then they saved up enough money and started staying in a motel. Then they got their own apartment. That's great. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. That's amazing. Impressed. Yeah. And that's, that's just that's only story. one of that's yeah. only just the first couple. But now fast forward, we've been able to in, employ over 130 people that are trying to transition out of homelessness. Um, and the goal is the more products we sell, the more jobs we can create and the more people we can try and get off the street. So we're trying, you know, basically that's that's the goal. That's God amazing. bless you. Yeah. Oh, thank I you. Am, I, like I'm amazing. sitting here with my mouth open listening to every yeah. word you say and and I Yes, God bless you. Thank yeah. you. What? I'll take it. I, I just want to ask you, <laughs> do you ever wonder or are you convinced that you were led to that couple? Yes, I do. It's so funny. I was actually talking to someone on the phone today because to be honest and real, like it's been a challenging season. And and I was talking to my friend today saying, you know, I grew up, I, when I met that first couple that night, I actually left church by myself and I was on Hollywood Boulevard and I left crying and I was like, what else can I do to help people? Like, God, I Uh want to change the world. And right then I saw this couple and I was like, and it caught my eye. And again, I didn't have any motive to anything to do with the giving keys. It was just, it just felt like I was, I was drawn to them. Mm -hmm. And whenever I do doubt, I was a philosophy major, so I do have a lot of doubts and I always question everything I believe in and started like a philosophy night in my living room. And, uh, so I'm always questioning everything, but whenever I do question, I always come back to feeling like, I feel like this was like a kind of God breathed Uh idea. And I feel like my whole life, I would always pray the prayer, God, give me your heart for people. Give me your heart for people. I want to feel what you feel for Mm -hmm. people. And I feel like the giving keys really is kind of an extension of that because it's not only helping people that, you know, are hopeless and living on the streets Mm -hmm. and need this opportunity, but the symbolism of a key that opens doors, not just for people to get into homes, but the words that are on the keys and from rich, famous celebrities wearing them all the time to people living on the street. We all need hope. We all need the words. We all need that, that like, like the opening of the key and mm-hmm. the locks to to be fearless and strength and faith and all the things. So as humans, I think we all need these things. So it's something that really brings us together, which is why I do come back to believing that it yes. was, you know, I agree. not because, just you me. know, I believe in angels and yeah. I believe that, that they're around us that. all the time. And all we have to do is mm-hmm. ask them for help I love at times that. when yeah. we really need it. I believe that the angels were a big part in, in taking that. you to that yeah. couple. And when you say you asked them to dinner and they were surprised... Yeah. Um, but not long because they yeah. went with you. Yeah. They felt it. Yeah. Too. Amazing. They felt yeah. it too. Very brave. Because, you know, I have a foundation when Georgia smiled and we focus mm-hmm. on domestic violence and sexual assault. And I want to say this now because of what you just said that at any given moment, we all, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. who we are, our station in life or, or what we have, we all have a need for comfort or for support, for love. 
we mm-hmm. all need that. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're giving. That's what you're helping to give mm-hmm. to any and everyone. Yeah. And I speak a lot around the country on behalf of my foundation. And one thing I always feel led to say is always listen to your not only your heart, but your gut, Mm -hmm. especially if you're a woman, because I think we all have such strong Mm -hmm. intuition. A woman has such strong intuition. And and I always say, you know, when you look at someone, really truly look them in the eye. And and when you say, how are you today? Mm. Truly listen to -hmm. them when they say it. Because if your gut is telling you that when they say, oh, I'm fine, Mm -hmm. but just did they really say it like they meant it? Mm-hmm, and right. never hesitate to ask them again, are you really fine? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because that might be the day, that might be the person that you saved their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you ask them maybe just one more time, if you listen to your gut. Yeah. Think, yeah. No, no, I, I don't think that, that you are. Yeah. Are you really okay? Because yeah, if I, you're not, I can help you. Yeah. I call that the peace-o-meter. I always <sighs> call it, I, I just wrote a book and I have a whole chapter called The Piece of Meter, and it's all about listening to that intuition. Yes. And this is maybe TMI, but as I was writing it, I had this gut feeling th- that there was someone in my company that I didn't trust. And I was mm-hmm. like, I need to listen to this. I need to listen mm-hmm. to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out I just found out recently that I was right, and I yes. didn't listen to my gut. And Always. as I was writing it, I was kind of like, Caitlin, you're not listening to yourself. Yes. Like your yes. your piece of meter is going off. Yes. Ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding. Like something's yeah. wrong, something's wrong. And you know, I think sometimes it comes with age because I'm, yeah. I'm older now and I have a lot of experience to look back on, yeah. mm-hmm. maybe. But um, that is one thing I truly believe in that we right. must we look always... look at our own lives too. Like mm-hmm. how many times have we said, I'm fine. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm okay. Fine. Yeah. You know, and we haven't been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you think, know, oh, because they don't want to really hear my story. I don't want to burden someone mm-hmm. with my issues. I might tell her I'm being abused or... and she may freeze and go, right. oh, that's too bad and walk away. Well, tell us, Caitlin, the name of your book that you just mentioned. So it's not out yet. It's coming out in May, but it's called oh. um, You Are the Key, oh. uh, Turning Your Imperfections into Your Purpose. Oh, I love that. Right. Yeah. Love that. I'm, I'm love excited that. about it. Yeah. We'll have to have you back on when it comes out. Sounds and good. Talk all about yeah. it because I know it's frustrating for to hear about a book you want to read and it's not out yet. Uh, sorry. <laughs> so we'll have to talk <laughs> about that. I will definitely run out and grab it for oh, sure. This is so beautiful. So Kat, tell us about your foundation. Well, Chefs for Humanity, I started in 2004. So it's 15 years old now. Wow. Um, and I started it in response to when the tsunami hit, you know, when yes. the, we had the tsunami and the disasters. And I'd already been doing, you know, as chefs, we get asked to do a lot of charity mm-hmm. work and give back. And my parents always did. They were great examples of people who we didn't have any money, but they always found time. They always found food. They always found shelter. They always found some way of service to people that were in need. And I always just thought that that was such a great example to see that. And my mom was a nurse. My dad was a public school teacher. Mm-hmm. And somehow they found a way to give back to people. And it just always resonated with me. And then when you have the resources to speak out and you have the platform, I just feel there's an obligation, you know, to always give back and pay it forward. And my mentor, my mentor, Julia Child, who oh, I was able wow. to meet when I was first <gasps> beginning my career and you know, I was able to spend time with her. Thank you. I know it was it was a blessing. But when I was able to spend time with her, and the one thing she told me was always pay it forward like mm-hmm. I'm doing for you right mm-hmm. now. And I always did in my career and personal life with, 
you know, my family. And um, so I always were was doing something charitable, whether in, in with different organizations. And at that time, now there's several, you know, there's many foundations, you know, that, that are chef run or culinary or food or hunger related. But at the time, there wasn't, you know, that was 14, 15 years mm-hmm. ago, there weren't that many. And so um, when the tsunami hit, a lot of people knew that I did a lot of charity work, a lot of chefs, a lot mm-hmm. of people in the industry. So they called me and they said, what, what can we do? What can we do? And I said, well, you know, I'm working with the World Food Program. I'm working with the American Red Cross. I'm working with, you know, multiple different layers of organizations. And then I just started thinking there needs to be a charity and a foundation that people in this industry that can give such a huge service Mm -hmm. back, whether it's emergency feeding relief in a crisis, which is the first thing I thought of because of the tsunami. And then Katrina hit. And then we had, you know, then Haiti and, you know, the earthquake in Haiti, which we were at and various things around the world. We have a crisis, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just unfortunately, um, you know, the way the world is. And um, so we, I, I thought there needs to be a service where we can bring our expertise and we can lend that to the world. Wow. Through hunger related um, you know, opportunities through um, emergency feeding relief when there's a crisis. And so I began to start this organization and I got a lot of chefs involved. You know, a lot of the Iron Chefs that I was with, a lot of the chefs yes. on Food Network got involved. And then when Hurricane Katrina hit, I called everybody and we were flying people in, we were helicoptering chefs in. And, you know, there's a diff- there's two, several, there's two different types of emergency feeding situations. One is when there's no food uh-huh. and you have to make do with what you have, whether uh-huh. it's rice and beans and very few staples. One is another crisis like it was in Hurricane Katrina when restaurants got hit, casinos got <sighs> hit, there was tons of food and you had to put them in refrigerator trucks and figure out what to do with it all. And if you're just someone who's volunteering, you can't possibly right. manage a a 18 wheeler full of food. So we needed experts and we needed people that were used to dealing with that amount of food so that we could rotate it, inventory it, cook it, figure out how to feed thousands of people. So we were feeding three, 4,000 people a day, including the first responders and the responders. And then in Haiti, it was a different situation where there were, you know, many, many people displaced. And I mean, thousands and thousands of people displaced and there was very little food. And, and they're then all you, hungry. And, and everybody's hungry. So there's been multiple, you know, um, crisis that we've been involved in. We've also done work um, for nutrition in America with Michelle Obama. Oh. And the, when Michelle Obama started her, you know, chefs moved to school, yes. which we were um, making sure that we had oh. more nutritious public school meals for kids and hot meals for kids. Um, also, uh, move to school, which is getting kids active because we have an, a crisis with obesity right. and childhood obesity in America. So we were involved in those programs as well with Michelle Obama and kicking off her programs, which are still amazing programs and was doing so much, um, in that way. And then when we don't have a crisis or we're not, and we're not emergency feeding relief or, you know, we're always doing something for hunger, but also there's nutrition education, wow. you know, that we like to try to do so. I'm sitting here listening to you, and, and one thing that I'm thinking when you started just with the disasters, how fortunate we are, how blessed we all are that you have the ability to start networking with all of your contacts, the chefs, and right. everyone that you know. That's something that most people can't do. Like Just like mm-hmm. you said, you have these 18-wheelers full of food, 
and not many people really know what to do with it. Right. And bless you, you okay. have the network of friends and contacts that can just yeah. come in and take over. That's a miracle. Thank you. Right well, that is a miracle. You know, so you, the, you were saving lives right then by having people come in. Thank you. Through your foundation. Thank and you. And start cooking that food and serving those hungry, needy people who've yeah. just been through the worst event in their life. And I think that the, you know, what we're trying to combat with being able to do that as well is any food, you know, outbreaks of a foodborne illness or anything uh -huh. else that happens in those situations, because that can happen as well when you have too much food or you uh -huh. have an abundance uh -huh. of food that you uh -huh. need to try to, you know, cook appropriately, rotate appropriately, all those things and feed all of these people that are displaced and in uh -huh. shelters. And so I think that um, that as well as going to someone like Haiti or Guatemala or Ecuador or somewhere that is a poor, you know, is having, you know, crisis with food and yes. a lack of food and being able to deliver to villages and mm -hmm. work with, the, you know, programs around the world like care.org or World mm -hmm. Food Program or International Red Cross to make sure that these people are getting fed that are way out mm -hmm. in villages that are so remote that, you know, they have to, you know, walk for five miles to get water. Oh. I know so. when Haiti hit, both of our boys, Jay and Jordan, joined a group from the show The Doctors. Uh, they all got together and traveled to Haiti to do what they could. And That's great. Um, it was great. I was very proud of them, of course, very nervous and prayed the whole time that for them and everyone, everyone there, right. um, for everyone's safety and well-being. And I was so impressed when they came back and told me the stories of what they witnessed and what they wanted to do and were willing to do themselves and everyone else when they got there. And it's heartbreaking Very. Uh, it, when things like that happen in our world and how anyone will go there and volunteer whatever they can to do. And I'll never forget our youngest and, well, both of them telling us about Dr. Orden from the doctors mm -hmm. operating on a young boy's brain. His head had been opened from with a wound, his whole family killed. And they didn't have what they needed, a, really, a hospital or anything. And right. Our, our youngest son, Jordan, held the flashlight. And Jay held another instrument. And Dr. Orden saved that little boy's life. It's amazing. With, with a flashlight and, a, you know, just yeah. very few utensils. They were but making, But you do what yeah. you have to do. And and God bless you and, and you, Caitlin, everyone who steps up and mm -hmm. and creates a way to help those in need. It's unbelievable. And of course, this time of year makes you really think about what we're all blessed with and right. and what we have and how we want to give back. And that takes me to a question for both of you. How would you tell someone right now, if they were in this room and they ask you both, what can I do other than write a check? And I'm not downplaying writing a check. Every foundation, every charity needs support and needs donations. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to put that out there right now. That's mm -hmm. the number one way to support but if they wanted to do something for this holiday to know that they've helped in some way, what would be one way they could give back and help those in need? Well, I know what we do with our boys is that, you know, we'll take them down to the shelter or soup mm -hmm. kitchen. It's something very, it's something that you can do, you know, to help in a, an immediate way. You reach people, you know, we come in as a big family, obviously, and they get to see young kids and the kids are, you know, learning what it's like to be of service, mm -hmm. you know, because it is a calling. It is, a, it is a deep, deep calling. And I believe when you were saying that you were called to, 
you know, to this and drawn to these, to what the work you do and Mm -hmm. this beautiful work you do and these people that you meet every day. And same thing with you, Robin. And it it is a calling. It's a higher power that Mm -hmm. there's no rhyme or reason for it. You just are there Mm -hmm. and you find yourself in that situation. I'm getting goosebumps. You find yourself in that situation and you just know you have to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that the really easy way to do that is to take an hour or two and go down to a soup kitchen or go down to a shelter, take something, you know, down, you know, deliver something mm-hmm. to, even if it's just, you know, we've also done gifts for kids, you know, mm-hmm. with families that they don't have any money, mm-hmm. you know, or they've been, you know, um, had felt fallen on hard times mm-hmm. for that Christmas and can't afford. I remember Christmases where my parents were like, we got, you can get one gift, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. it's not going to be big, but this is what we got. Mm-hmm. And we get a stocking with the orange in the bottom and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we'd have a nice meal. And, but giving in some way, mm-hmm. you know, to the kids, to the families, to show them that they're not alone, that they, right. you care. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes so far with That's people. Right. That's You're right. touching yeah. other human beings and saying, how are you? Just mm-hmm. like you were talking about, mm-hmm. how are you? Let me serve you. Uh-huh. Take a minute, me, take yes. a rest. You're on, off the streets mm-hmm. and have a hot meal. and Because, Caitlin, I was so moved by your heart to walk up to that yeah. couple yeah. because you knew. You knew that they were in need, obviously, but um, something drew you to them. And I actually would answer that question by, first of all, I would pray that God would lead me to a mission of giving back and, and mm-hmm. in what way. But mm-hmm. from my heart, I believe it would be for children. Find out through schools or churches, Mm -hmm. children that will have nothing this Christmas and find a way to give back to children. I know that trees are in the malls and you can pull a star Mm -hmm. stocking from those trees and it will tell you people that children that won't have anything. But in some way, I would find a way to make sure I helped children at Christmas. And I was just sitting here thinking that you sing Mm -hmm. and wouldn't it be wonderful to go visit a classroom and sing oh, Christmas carols to them. Or that is really sweet. Mm-hmm. I haven't, mm-hmm. yeah, I haven't been doing any singing for the last few years, but but maybe I should. But you have a CD, so you <laughs> yeah. obviously have a. Oh, yeah. I know that you do have a beautiful voice. But what would you tell someone who wanted to be actively giving back? I think it's so important and special for each individual to kind of take what makes them unique in their story mm-hmm. and their pain and their. Um, and turn that into a unique way that they can give back, um, whether it's helping this holiday season or starting an organization of their own or um, starting a charity or starting a business or whatever, mm-hmm. um, to to really kind of let your heart break, like take a moment and let yourself or, or challenge yourself to feel empathy yes. and slow down, put your phone away. It's so hard with social media. I feel like it, you know, fries all of our brains. So we're all numb and we don't feel anything. (laughs) And so it's like, slow down, keep your eyes open for all the issues and all the injustices that are going around, going on in the world and in your community. Maybe it's something that's going on even for you. Like one of my friends um, has been struggling with infertility for a long time. And so it's, she's taking that and, you know, trying to start a movement of her own about Mm -hmm. that. And so kind of taking your Mm -hmm. pain, your story and turning that into something that can give back to others because only you have gone through what you've gone through. And then that's, what's going to make your kind of give back mission, you know, unique. And then, um, so that would be, I think that's one way. That's so true because when you're suffering with something and you want to just share your experience to Mm -hmm. talk about it, Mm -hmm. It's so, I feel like, yeah. 
it's so much more meaningful to me or it helps me so much more if I can talk with someone who's actually been through it as well. Right. right. Exactly. Exactly. And so a, a focus group or a chat room, I guess yeah. you'd call it, something like that, a group. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Meeting somewhere yeah. over coffee or a glass yeah. of wine. Actually, I didn't just say that on purpose. We do a drink of the day on our podcast, Ooh. and today we picked a glass of Chardonnay. Ooh. I always ask my guests, oh, yeah. and Caitlin chose a <laughs> Chardonnay today, and I think it's so perfect. It's a cozy day here, and so it is cozy. And look at that bling gorgeous. on those glass. Yeah, look at the bling on that glass. So I actually got these glasses as a gift from a dear friend of mine named Pat Ann Dawson. She's just so precious She's and so wow. much. Caitlin and I Ooh. are having, and Kat, you asked for. All of my workers out there, do you know how much more efficient you could be if you were to outsource your meeting scheduling? Meet Acuity, the virtual scheduling assistant that works to fill your calendar. Never ask what time works for you again, because with Acuity, clients can view your real-time availability book their own appointments, and reschedule with a click. Then Acuity will automatically update the calendars you already use, keeping your entire life in sync. From the moment clients book with you, Acuity sends confirmations, delivers text reminders, and processes payments. Save yourself from the day-to-day drudgery of keeping up with your clients and your busy schedule with Acuity Scheduling. For a limited time, you can get 45 days of Acuity Scheduling absolutely free. No credit card required. Just go to acuityscheduling.com slash Robin McGraw. That's A-C-U-I-T-Y scheduling.com slash Robin McGraw for 45 days free. Ladies, do you experience hot flashes? I opened up about my personal journey with menopause in episode 9. And it's hard to talk about menopause without talking about the hot flashes. I know when I had them, I just hated them. And they came without any notice. Well, I'm introducing Emberwave. It is the first non-medical wearable device that helps you feel colder at the press of a button. Worn as a bracelet, Emberwave will release a burst of cooling to a pressure point on your wrist once activated. It's sort of like that comforting feeling you have when you sleep on a cool pillowcase. How great is that? Well, it gets even better because Ember is offering my listeners $50 off. To get this limited time offer, go to embrwave.com slash Robin McGraw, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's $50 off your order today. Go to embrwave.com slash Robin McGraw. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. 
Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. We are the real Brady, Brady Bros. Bros. Brady Brothers from the TV show Brady Bunch. I'm Barry Williams. And I'm Christopher Knight. I played Greg. And uh, who were you again? I played Peter. We've decided that we're going to do a podcast around episodes of the Brady Bunch. We're going to use it as a prism to look back to our experience doing the show and why the Brady Bunch is still popular. Have a sunshine day. We are the real Brady, Brady Bros. Bros. I think another thing this holiday season, a way to give back is uh, to purchase with purpose and shop for a cause, whatever it is that you're passionate about. Um, there's plenty of incredible give back brands or I think a lot of companies also give like, instead of giving you a gift, we're donating yeah. yada yada yes. to, yes. you know, it's this great. charity or whatever. And at the Giving Keys, we're doing um, basically the more, like I said, the more products we sell, the more jobs we can create and people we oh, can try to get yes. off the streets. So we obviously want to encourage people to yeah, get as sure. many, yeah. all of your holiday gifts from the Giving Keys. Uh-huh. Um, I love that. Because mm-hmm. that really does help us create jobs. It's really that simple. And so, and I think when you give those types of gifts, whoever you're giving it to will probably usually make them cry too, especially if you're giving them <laughs> yeah, a word true. that they need. But I think, you know, instead of giving just normal gifts like, here's the lipstick or hair or whatever (laughs) i mean that's fine or a gift certificate to starbucks it's like you know what i'm sure there's so many nonprofits and charities that you are working with that it could be like you know a donation to that or there's just so many things so let's take every opportunity to give christmas holiday season is perfect to give back to whatever i agree you want to help those are great i agree it's always nice i love giving um gifts charity charitable gifts i agree in people's name i think it's just such a it's just a good, like you said, it's a good way. It's mm-hmm. it's like giving somebody a homemade Christmas present, I which love, are great. You know, you're giving something that gifts. feels good, you mm-hmm. know. Those are the kind of gifts yeah. that I treasure. Anything that someone has made for me. And one of a kind. Yeah, photos, yes. Absolutely. Those are one of a kind. And like your giving keys, mm-hmm. that is a gift that everyone would treasure, especially knowing that when you wear it, it's helped someone else mm-hmm. get off of the street. Yeah. Because I wanted, this is, I had kind of gone blank earlier, but this is what I was thinking. You know, when you drive down the street and you see someone who's homeless, I feel like we all are maybe guilty at some time of judging mm-hmm. someone. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't like that because you never know their story. Never know their story. You never know their story. Mm-hmm. Ever. I heard a statistic that, it was a loss of a job was one of the number one reasons mm-hmm. people become homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the people that we work with, their parents were on Skid Row. So they were mm-hmm. born into it mm-hmm. and they, they're just mm-hmm. born into poverty. And one of my best friends has a um, nonprofit called Saving Innocence about human trafficking. And oh. and the statistics are also crazy. It's like the average age of entry is 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And they're usually people that grow up in that environment and they're in these People will go and find these young girls in these neighborhoods and, you know, it starts with the drugs, manipulation, and they need money and so they do Mm -hmm. this and that and then they, you know, get sucked into this world. And and again, a lot of the people we work with too, it's just like this is just what the environment, everybody, it's all they know and it's just – 
drugs are there to survive and you're hungry and you I, I don't blame them. Like if I was hungry, yeah, I'd they probably take one step towards to, trying yes. to get something, yes. some kind of yes. comfort in some totally. way. Which, and it ends up being, yeah. you know, uh, based on something else. Well, mm-hmm. now you got to give me this for this. Uh, and, yeah. and it's just, it's such a, which is another reason why spiral. Kat, you should just be so proud of yourself. And I know you are, yeah. but we all are oh, for sweet. your foundation, your charity, because hunger it's not something that just goes away. You have to have someone like you and those that work with you and for you to create ways to help the homeless and those in need from disasters, as you spoke of earlier, um, to create a way to feed them, to right. give them nourishment. Right. Because eventually they will die if yeah. they are not fed, if That's they don't the have one right we an have. opportunity. It's one of the one rights we have is That's to, right. to eat. To eat, to eat, yes. And to, to stay survive. alive and to survive. And I think one thing that I'm really proud of that we started just recently was um, it's called Little Kitchen Academy. <gasps> and it's a Montessori style school that it, we're going to expand globally all over oh. the world. We started the first one in Vancouver and it teaches kids from three to the late teens to 19 how to cook and life skills. And it teaches them a way to be out in the world and, 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 survive basically and learn all of these life skills that they take with them for the rest of their life. And then they can pass on as well to their family and friends and kids and even sometimes their parents, you know, they pass on to parents and educate their parents. And so they're going to support Chester Humanity as well. And so we're going to be expanding this idea, hopefully just really creating a, a, a home base for being able to continue to, you know, Get and the idea, get, get, get the, you know, um, you know, help people with hunger and emergency feeding relief. And the awareness you're and teaching awareness. them and the pride in themselves that you're allowing them to create exactly. right there. That's unbelievable. That's so wonderful. And then also you're helping those in need again. So yeah, congratulations. It's just a full circle. So God we're trying you. to just bring it full circle through mm-hmm. education, through giving back, through you know, to teach people about these, this epidemic yes. in our lot in our world. And I love that you're starting at three years old because yes. I believe nowadays children are so smart. Mm-hmm. So smart. We have so many ways to educate our children from home right. and in these schools. And like you said, Montessori school, they're so smart. And I think back about my own grandchildren when they were three, eager to learn, loved my yes. granddaughter and grandson, loved to be in the kitchen, yes, loved to cook and to create and you know, it it may not have been edible, but they loved <laughs> to get in there. Matter. I used to yeah. just open the refrigerator door. That's Even funny. back when my own sons were young, I loved to open the refrigerator door. And for my grandchildren, it, I'm thinking right now of Avery and London creating watermelon soup. However, Great. that sounds really <laughs> good, doesn't it? But, you know, it had other things in it. Anything and everything they could pull from the refrigerator. But they were so proud of it. I set up their little table and chairs right by the refrigerator. They pulled hmm, hot peppers, and but it was still watermelon soup. It was watermelon <laughs> soup. That's great. And I pretended to taste it, but <laughs> I hope they're not listening. But, but they had so much fun. Yeah. I just think it's – I think we forget the power of, you know, supper time and yes. being together and that quality time and what we're building for our children and for our next generation because our world is so small today yes. with the Internet, and it's yes. so fast. And you're right, kids are learning more and they're learning faster than when we did. And I think that we sometimes take for granted or forget the power 
of being in the kitchen or being around a dinner table together. Mm, I agree. And how that, tw- yeah. even if it's 20 minutes a night, <sighs> or even if it's 20 minutes, you know, a few times a week that you can get everybody together when someone's not at practice or this, or we're work, working late. If you can get everybody together in that moment and talk about their day and how was your day and what's going on in your life. It's so powerful. Oh, I love that. And it goes that. so far I to creating that. memories for people. Uh-huh. And then they pay it forward to the next, to their family. Uh-huh. And we create generations to come that are so grounded and present. And, you are so right. You know, I feel like right now I want to tell our listeners that uh, what both of you are talking about, you live. You not only work and teach and such through your foundations and through your own lives, but you you do live what you believe mm-hmm. because I want everyone out there listening to know that Kat arrived today with her wife and she's just beautiful and sweet and kind and so supportive of Kat and Kat is very supportive of her. And I got to hear a little about their six boys. Now, I just think that's beautiful. <laughs> and so it's just a beautiful life that they're living and Caitlin arrived with her three-month-old daughter. Who's adorable who and is sweet and couldn't adorable. quit smiling at me, I have to say. Oh, she was definitely oh. smiling at me. And Caitlin, tell us your daughter's name. <laughs> As I eat some cheese. Yeah. You guys, <laughs> I'm in heaven. Be. When the microphones were turned off, I was saying, this is, I'm living my best life right now. <laughs> cheese, grapes, Chardonnay. Love it. I mean. Great conversation. In your, in your presence of lovely Aww. women. Um, I chew my cheese. What was the question? (laughs) I want you to tell us your daughter's precious name. Her name is Love, L-O-V-E, Love. And then my three-year-old son, his name is Brave, so it kind of goes with the theme of all the words on the keys. But he goes to a Montessori school, Mm -hmm. a Montessori preschool he just started. And I actually just learned the statistic from... A mommy and me group. <laughs> I, mean, I remember those. Oh, yes. We, were, we have a favorite show in common as well. So Ooh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Working moms. Yeah. Working moms. Um, but yeah, so the mommy and me group I'm in, the teacher who's a child psychologist, she said that it raises however many, whatever the percentile is for your child, the three-year-old, to eat more if you're sitting with them. So I've been trying to change that because right now with the two kids, I'm still trying to learn right. the juggle of the two. Yes, like, of course. You eat breakfast and then I'm going to change your diaper or uh-huh. get yes. ready or shower or whatever. So, but now I'm like, oh, dang it. I, that, that statistic I about with him sitting. sitting. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'll sit here while you eat your granola. <laughs> and I'll, okay, I'll eat granola too. And because uh, then that'll make you eat the granola more because that's what she just said. Oh, I love yeah. that. I love that. You've shared some really important information with all of our listeners. Nice. That's great. And I will tell you, when you get teenagers, the best thing is to get them in the kitchen to cook with you, if you can, because they will tell you way more when they're cooking and not focused and they're not looking at you in the eye. You can get some good intel. You ever slip in questions or do they just start? Oh, every start, once in a while, just... I kind of, maybe I'll do an open-ended question and just let them go and <gasps> then just keep cooking <laughs> and oh, see I what happens. Oh, I love that. Tell us the ages then, of your children. We have a 16-year-old. We have um, 14. He yes. just turned 14. Wow. We have Zoran, who's 16. Jonas is 14. We have Cage, who is 12. We have <gasps> Gavin, who's 11. And we have Thatcher and Nash, who are both 10-year-old twins. Oh, I wondered if you had twins. I didn't ask earlier. Oh, you, wow. I, mean, I want to worship you. Like, I want to do I this did. thing like, where I have hands. We're both just like, like crazy. Both crazy. Crazy. Oh, oh, my God. wow. <laughs> it's a, twins. It, I have a twin brother. I love oh. twins. Yeah. Oh yeah, yes. uh, they're and they're funny together. They, they are very, they're very twin. Wow, they're tw- they twinning yes. a lot, mm-hmm. you know. But it's just a, it's it's such. I mean, I talk about feeling blessed. 
Wow. And, you know, just having these beautiful boys and they love their moms. Yeah. I love it. It's amazing. I love it. Now, we need to come over to your house for dinner because yeah. you're invited. My my version Don't of you know cooking dinner is, is a uh, frozen pizza, <laughs> but it is cauliflower. It's so cauliflower. I feel like it's, it's, it's on trend. Uh, it's on yeah, trend. Yeah. And then uh, gluten-free uh, mac and cheese. Uh, oh. Yeah. So Not I at my house. Really I'm sorry. Not at my uh, house. At a, at a, I need to work on cooking. Oh, I love it. What did you say? Not at your house. Not are, you guys, are you guys good at? Are you cook, good at cooking? Or do you we're cook we're often? pretty good at cooking. Nice. We cook together now that it's just the two of us. Right. Philip is. I have to say, he's really really good at preparing meals for me. He oh, loves to cook nice. for me. But the majority of our meals that we eat them all together. But and we seldom go out to dinner. I'm going to tell that to my husband. I'm going to say, did you know that uh, Dr. Phil cooks yes. for his wife? <laughs> yes, he does. They're they're simple, my husband actually does too also, but I'll just give him some extra encouragement. Yes, yes, it, yes. They, and you guys have been married for 40 something years, so uh-huh. it's working. So yes. I'm going to just do positive yeah. affirmations. He's always husband. done Sunday night <laughs> dinner for me. Nice. For sure. Sunday, Sunday supper, night. Yeah. And he has this one recipe that he created. He's pretty proud of and it's very good. It's, it's called an egg thing. He just calls thing? it the egg thing. Do you, do you want an egg thing? When it's not Sunday, he'll offer to do it. And I'll go, oh, no, 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 it's not Sunday. Yeah. Just on Sunday. The egg thing is a tortilla, a tortilla, big flour tortilla. Yeah. So when I said not at my house with the gluten, sorry. But it's a big flour, white flour tortilla. And he puts a little olive oil in the skillet and he browns it and he turns yeah. it over. And then, well, no, he browns that one side and he cracks two eggs for me, three for him. And he just sizzles it on there. And then at the last second, he flips it over. Oh, wow. Then that's cool. pops back over onto the plate Ooh. and salts it. Salt and mm. peppers it a little bit. Serves it to me. And it's so delicious. Oh, Eggs wow. on a tortilla. Okay, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that one. That's, that's so a good, good. Like, yeah, the egg yeah. thing. All Ooh, right. And he calls like it this. the egg thing. And then when he eats his, he puts a few drops of hot sauce. Soy sauce. Soy, Salt-free. soy yeah. sauce. Soy sauce. I know. I don't do that. that. Wow. Wait, it, wait is it either. scrambled or they're no, like over? Like a fried egg. Like over easy or over like, easy. Yeah. Oh, because I he like that. cracks okay. them and leaves them. Bam. And is this for dinner or breakfast? <laughs> dinner. Ooh. Is that eggs French? for dinner is good. Like the... yeah, oh, I love eggs. Frittatas yes. and things. Yeah. And he only flips it for a second and turns it back over. Cool. Got it. No to the right. plate. I love that. It's so <laughs> doing it. It's a we're gonna so copy good. that at our house every thing. Sunday night. Have, yeah. I, we're gonna we're yes. gonna say and he prepares it and Philip and Robin eggs thing yeah. Yeah. happening. I, I will tell you, I have to have and I because I have a very sensitive digestive system and avocados are very good for me. And mm. so I chop up avocados every night and put olive oil and salt and pepper. Mm. And so I sprinkle some of those on my egg thing. Ooh, I <laughs> like the that. Egg thing. Really add that little extra. Yeah. Nice. Because it's <laughs> fun. But um, I love our, our conversations. We're going like yeah. deep, changing the deep world, yeah. and then yeah. the egg then, thing, yeah. 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 all then things. To what's cheese. the recipe of supper yeah. recipe for yeah. Sunday supper? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fine. I love that. Yeah. And my wife's a really good cook. We oh. we started when we met. We started cooking one hundred and one over there. She's cooking one hundred and one, and then oh, <laughs> and graduated. Sweet. Yeah, and she's gotten really great now. Oh, and for very six good baker, boys. let me tell you, she oh. has incredible baking. That's wonderful. Her and the boys get in there and bake, which is great for me because I'm more of a I do know how to do pastry and baking, and I know how to do all that. But I'm much more of a throw it in the pan. Yes. Listen, I've been to a dinner party a couple of times yeah. where you were in charge. <laughs> David Foster. Oh, yeah. Oh. That's right. You guys were there. That was great. Yes. Wasn't that a great time? It was a great time. You, were ama- you are was, amazing. Thank you. That was fun. Yeah, I remember amazing. that dinner. That was a good so thank dinner. thank you again. <laughs> yes. I guess we should get back on our topic of the <laughs> holidays and uh, giving back. But um, <laughs> it's <laughs> such a meaningful topic and 
if you both will just reflect on before you had a family, before you were married, before you had children, do you remember one time that you decided or just happened upon a chance to give back? What was one of the favorite times that you can think of? It's interesting to me because people often say like, wait, you went up to this one couple and asked them to be your business partners. and how, But I, I always say like, that's actually just, that was normal for me. I mm-hmm. That was, again, growing up here in LA and seeing so many people that were living on the streets, it just felt like, I'm sure they're hungry. And I always say like, I think a lot of people get intimidated mm-hmm. by the fact that there's thousands of people that are living on the streets. They're like, well, what can I do to help? But it's like just, it's one of my favorite Mother Teresa quotes. She says, um, don't wait for leaders. Do it alone, person to person. Uh And though you can be, you know, intimidated by how many people are there, if you could just give one person Mm -hmm. a meal or a bag Mm -hmm. of chips or whatever, or like ask them, or a a blanket. I'm sure you have extra blanket Uh laying around or toothbrush or whatever it is, like, um, so that was always super normal because I think also growing up in the church was that was like what we all did, like youth group outings at uh-huh, Third Street yeah. Promenade in Santa Monica. Like we'll all mm-hmm. just go, we'd go to even, you know, McDonald's or whatever and just I buy love that. I love food that. for people as teenagers. So uh-huh. so when I met Rob and Sarah, it just felt like a normal thing to do. So it wasn't anything extra different or special. It was special though. Yeah. To, yeah. to want to break right. bread with someone you didn't know. And right. Just yeah. you felt in your heart yeah. that they were hungry. And yeah. And would love it, and they yeah. they were even surprised at your kindness. Yeah, and but they said yes. And yeah, did you decide beforehand where you were going to take them? See, I'm one of those like I'm nosy. I have to know every detail. Oh, like, that. where did you take them? Oh, I took them to Kitchen Twenty Four on Coenga. Oh, I love. Um, so I used to perform back in the day at uh, this place called Hotel. No, no, no. Yeah, Hotel Cafe on Coenga uh-huh. and like Hollywood and Hollywood Boulevard in Coenga, um, which is like a popular singer-songwriter place, <gasps> and right across the street was Kitchen 24, where it was, like, the after party, and they had great chili, and it was, like, uh, yeah, and so we, it was just the closest place to where, because yeah. the church that I w- went to was on Hollywood Boulevard and Coenga also, and they were actually playing, if you like details, they were yes, playing the Invisible Children documentary. Did you guys ever watch Invisible Children? Mm-hmm. It was the first, like, big viral video called Coney 2012. Oh, I feel like I have. And, like, I... Oprah, Rihanna, like, mm-hmm. Ellen, like, all the big people got behind it, um, and, yeah, so basically, wow. I, I they were playing this Invisible Children documentary at this church. That's and I got invited to go. I went and left and met them. And I'm like, let's just walk to Kitchen Twenty Four because it was a place that I would frequent. Yeah. And we had wine, <laughs> bring it back oh. to wine. And it's so funny. I think it's ironic that people say, people often say like, well, I don't want to give them money because I don't want them them to buy alcohol or I don't uh-huh. want them to buy dr- drugs. But I'm like, I actually bought them alcohol. Still, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. were in control. Yeah, because like, because we're, it's, yeah. we're we're humans and let's yeah. enjoy a glass yeah. together yes. and enjoy you know talking and getting each other's life story. And, and someone, so we had someone has an opinion that's negative. So what? Whatever. You can do yeah. what you want. Um, you were yeah. giving back. You oh were yeah, helping them. And whatever. we're having. You know, we had there's someone out there who's going to judge you. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Oh, no. It looked like we were doing straight up drug deals every time we would get together (laughs) after I started hiring them because they would be making the necklaces on the streets. And then I would pull up in my car, roll down my window, (laughs) hand them cash. They would hand me paper bags full of stuff. That was amazing. Looked like drugs 100%. (laughs) But they would just keys wrapped in bags. (laughs) Do they still work with you? 
No, but we're still in touch. So oh, I love Sarah it. now lives in San Diego, and she got a job at the San Diego Zoo. Oh, nice. Um, and then Rob, they broke up, which oh. I'm still sad about it, but they're still in touch too, so they're on good terms. Wonderful. Um, Rob Sorry. got um, a job managing a restaurant in Seattle, and now he just went back to school. Oh, right. Yeah. Congratulations. To them, I know. That's that's fantastic. You changed their lives. Yeah. You gave them a life. Uh Aw. Well, I really do feel like it was... Honestly, I I don't really feel like... Yes, it was me in that moment, but it's really been the people that have been supporting Mm -hmm. and buying the Mm -hmm. things. Because if no one's buying them, then they couldn't have... Saved the money yeah, to get, right. and so it's really not me because I'm not really buying any. It I'm has giving to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the catalyst. Bless yeah. your heart. Yeah, that's wonderful. It's just that's what it's about, especially yeah. this time of year. Yeah. And I want to go back to talking about your six boys, and I <laughs> I keep saying six boys, six sons, uh, but your family. Yes. Um, when you say that they get in the kitchen and you have conversations with them, mm-hmm. I think that's so beautiful. Um, how many of your children do you think are going to take after you? with your career as a chef? You know, that's interesting. I know that we have a couple of our sons, Jonas and Cage, our Uh 14-year-old, who they love to cook together. They get out on the grill. They make eggs together. They'll make pancakes for the whole, all the boys. But do they make (gasps) egg things? Well, they will be. They will be making (laughs) eggs. They will be making the egg thing. I think we should call it the the Philip egg thing. Yeah. Philip Egg, they will be making the uh, Philip Egg thing. Philip Egg thing. Okay. But so I think there there are a couple of boys that are definitely, I mean, they're all so talented in so many different ways. Oh. It's amazing. And they're all learning about business and they're little entrepreneurs and, oh. you know, and money. And they're they're so driven, all of them, in so many in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really cool to see because they're all very, they're each their own person. Oh, I love that. You know, they're that. each their own person I and individual, that. which is so cool to see how they grow and, and you know, what they're thinking. And and, and, I, and I said to my 16-year-old, because he's just now discovered, just discovered a girl that, no. you know, he's into in no. high school. He's 16. And it's the first time we've, we're, we're, delving into this area, right? Uh-huh, so uh-huh. I just realized though, I grew up with two brothers. I'm in the middle and I had, and I had a wonderful dad and, but I just am realizing I didn't know men uh-huh. at all, uh-huh. uh, guys at all and how they think. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I never had you. I, I, Will you until, ever? No, I'm just yeah, Sorry. Here. Because, you know, I, I just didn't understand until now I see it so clearly like, wow, I'm really seeing it for the first time uh-huh. of how you know, how they really the dude think. really thinks uh-huh. from a 16 year old perspective. <laughs> Isn't that fun? No, it's so fun. It's yeah. so fun to I, see that. And I grew to up watch with a, it all unfold. It's yes. like watching a movie unfold. There's some other thing and drama and this is happening yeah. that. And it's so, it's so life, all yes, life altering. Yes, because we think with female brains. Yes. And then when you have a young man in the home, you know, because I raised two and and then there's Philip and I had a twin brother and I was very close to my father. So I'm like you, it's like, and I, I really wanted to raise boys. So yes. I'm so blessed that I was allowed to raise two. And uh, so I guess that's why I keep going back to six sons and da-da-da. But let's have a play date, guys, everyone. I will yeah. tell you, they were they would love 
but love. Yeah. They would love love. They would love, love. love. They would love yes. I mean, they would fawn all over her and think she was like a baby doll and this whole thing. Oh, yes. And yeah. But I did say that if we ever had a girl, uh-huh. it would have upset the whole apple cart in yes. our house. Like, oh, <laughs> the whole what's going on? Equilibrium would have been way off. And you know? all of so them would be just doting on her. She'd be a spoiled, rotten <laughs> oh, child. She would be a <laughs> princess. I, my mother used to say, oh, there's no such thing as a spoiled, rotten child. She's just a loved child. Oh. <laughs> like no that. such thing as spoiled, rotten. I like that. She I just like loved. That. Yeah. But, she just loved uh, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's I can remember when uh, Jay walked into the kitchen. I had my back to the to him and he walked in and said something and I jumped because I thought a man had walked into the room. So his voice oh. was like, Ooh. I was like, I turned around and it was him yeah, standing there. And I was like, I oh my gosh. <laughs> Amazing. I thought a man had walked into the room. That so. just made me really sad thinking of my three-year-old getting older. I know. <laughs> we just gave yeah. him a haircut and I'm devastated. Like he, <laughs> his first It's haircut. like a cool guy haircut. Yeah. And now he looks like, someone was like, he looks like he's in a pop band. I'm like, no, <laughs> I want him to look like a mulleted baby like he was before. I don't, you know, three years old yeah. is one of the ages. There, It was six months, 18 months, and three years old were the three, only three ages that I wanted both my boys to stay that age. Mm-hmm. Like it was so yeah. adorable. They yeah. were just precious at those ages. Yeah. Oh, well, I just want him to stay this age forever. Mm-hmm. Three was, yeah. One, yeah. Of, yeah, yeah. was yeah. one of those ages. <laughs> this has just been so much fun. And of course, it's not over. Because another thing we do on I've Got a Secret with Robert McGraw is play a game. And the game always fits our topic. So the name of this game is How Would You Play Santa? So I have a beautiful bowl, and Kristen is going to pass it around, and you pick three. And it's timed. So you're going to have 20 seconds. Don't look at them. You can't look at them first. I didn't look. Okay. (laughs) So you're going to name as many things as you can from your pieces of paper that have something written on them in 20 seconds. So when you read it, it is about donating, especially at this time of year. Go ahead and read it. You can read it out loud. Homeless shelter. Oh, wow. So give us as many things as you can think of that you would donate this Christmas season, this holiday season. Love that. And go. go. Okay. Um, toothbrush, toothpaste, deodorant, socks, underwear, diapers, tampons, pads, um, blankets, food, um, money. Fine. Oh, wow. very good. Oh, that's good. Did you count? Good one. How many did she get? You got 11 things. Very nice. Okay, cat. Oh, okay. I'm going to open mine now. Okay. New mom. Ooh. So in 20 seconds, think of as many things as you can that you would donate to a new mom. Formula, diapers, blankets, clothing, onesies, um, bottles, I would pacifiers, uh, strollers, car seat, um, uh, bassinet, uh, rocking chair, toothbrush, <laughs> hairbrush. <laughs> you thought of 12. Okay, so now I'm going to read mine. Mine says a woman's shelter. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to say uh, skincare products. 
and I'm going to say a journal, and I'm going to say pajamas, and a robe, and a curling iron, and a blow dryer, and, oh, really? Darn, I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Okay. Love it. Okay. Welcoming a new neighbor. Oh, Ooh, that's a good one. I need to up my game here. I feel like I feel like this is like Southern women are good at this. Like my yeah. husband's from Nashville, yeah. and they're like, "Here's oh. a, yeah. you know, whatever." And I'm that. not. I like I'm like, "Hi, bye." <laughs> or like, or I, yeah, okay. So okay, okay. What are things to give them? Okay, okay. A quiche. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Something like this is how yes. bad I am at cooking. I was like, what are those called? Casseroles. Casseroles. Yes. <laughs> Casserole. A candle. Uh-huh. Incense. A frame. No, that's weird. Um, uh, candle's good. A necklace. <laughs> Very good. How many? I love that. Yeah. That was funny. I love it. I knew what you meant when you said that. What? Yeah. That's funny. Oh, six. You got six. That's great. That's, that's really that's funny. That's, that's great. Good, though. I might borrow that one. Okay. 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 <laughs> Let's see. Animal shelter. Ooh. Oh. Okay. All right. Nice. Here we go. Three, two, one. Um, collars, blankets, um, food, um, uh, brushes, uh, combs, <laughs> uh, um, litter. You have mm. animal mm. sheltered litter. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. Oh, oh very oh. good, though. Very good. How many did she get? Oh, that was a... Okay, so right. since the bowl came around to me with only one in it, and I've mm-hmm. done that one, I'm going to just borrow from some that you've already done. I'll pick one. Okay, mm-hmm. animal shelter or uh, have new uh, mom. mom, new mom. Or okay. welcoming a neighbor. I feel like you'd be welcoming really good at welcoming yeah. a neighbor. Okay, so since Try I need two, I'll go new mom, <laughs> and then I'll go new neighbor. Okay. How's that? Yeah, yeah. Got it. Okay, volunteer to rock the baby. Volunteer to hold the baby while mom showers. Volunteer to uh, cook a meal every night for a week. Okay, volunteer to run an errand for her. Volunteer to hold the baby. Did I say while she showers? Yeah. Okay, (laughs) volunteer to hold the baby while she takes a nap. Shoot. Ooh, that was good. The volunteering thing. That was good. Sure, guys. That I'll take good. all of those things. Yes. Thanks. Kaylee says, please. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, Kaylee. Okay. First grade classroom or any oh. classroom. Oh. Ooh, love it. Okay. You know why we wrote that one? Why? Because I've read that there's a program out where teachers have to spend a lot of their own money mm-hmm, on do. their classroom. Yeah. And there's a program out that you can oh. sign up for to help them. Mm-hmm. They'll list. I wish I knew the name of it, and I'm going to find out. But to list, they list what their their needs are, wow. and you can help yeah. with that. So, love that. We'll we'll have more of that information Ooh. on. Uh, I've got a secret with mm-hmm. RobinMcGraw.com. But I'm sorry, I interrupted. Love okay. it. Okay, okay. First grade classroom. New books, pencils, pens, papers, scissors, yes. tape, new desks, <gasps> chalk. Yes. Toys? Yeah. Um, Montessori learning things. Um. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Mine is disaster relief. All right. Oh, you're perfect. You drew the ones out and got the rest. Okay. Disaster relief. Okay. Volunteer time. Food. 
need blankets, cots, toothbrushes, toothpaste, tooth um, hairbrushes, clothing, socks, shoes, um, pillows. We need um, water. We need, um, you know, what else? Um, wow. What a good one. It's hard to really think of them when you're under pressure. I mean, I Those get Those are right. perfect. My last one will be personally want to hear you yeah, we want to yeah. say what, what you would bring we to We would like neighbor, to see what Robin like McGraw is going to give to her new neighbor. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I feel like it's going to be really good. No pressure. <laughs> you know, no pressure. <laughs> I'm going to tell her who all the mean neighbors are. No, <laughs> there you I go. haven't started yet. Gossip. Gossip. Number one, gossip. <laughs> okay. My list is I'm going to gossip about all the other neighbors. <laughs> I'm going to take her a meal for moving in. I'm going to volunteer to help her break down the boxes. That's oh, a yeah, that's fun. a good one. I'm going to give her a list of all of the dry cleaners and the drugstores in the neighborhood. I'm going to give her a map to the firehouse nearby and the police station and the hospitals mm-hmm. and the urgent care. Oh, oh that, that was fast. good. That was good. That was good, though. That and was I was like, I did uh, that some for me. eggs. That was good. <laughs> so I'm going to give her the recipe to the egg leg. <laughs> I'm going to the egg leg. <laughs> wow. That was good. That was you fun. can tell I'm from that Texas. That was fun, though. Okay, so for you listeners out there, sometimes I forget we have listeners. I was <laughs> oh, having so much fun in here. You can go to our website. I've got a secret with robinmcgraw.com, and you can actually purchase the gift we gave to our experts here today. It's a tumbler for water or whatever it is you want. To whatever have it. you Isn't want. It Chardonnay. <laughs> Chardonnay. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we are out of time, and I hate that because we've really talked about something very near and dear to all of our hearts and something very important. And we've had so much fun. And I hope that all of you in the Secret Squad are motivated to get out there and give back to your community. I know that I am. So you both are so inspirational and what a powerful episode this was. Now make sure to visit I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com for behind the scenes extras, drink of the day recipe, and so much more. Thank you so much for listening, and until next Wednesday, bye-bye.